Hello and welcome back to Aiden's Awesome Adventures with Aiden Mudd. I am joined by my uncle, Jason Mudd. He has his own podcast on top of PR. And yeah, you want to say a few words? Hey, Aiden, I'm so glad to be here and joining you on Aiden's Awesome Adventures. I'm really proud of you. You've got a great podcast. You produce episodes more frequently than we do here at Axia Public Relations. But uh, anytime I can be part of Aiden's Awesome Adventures in real life or on a podcast, I'm really excited about that. So I'm really glad to be here. Thank you for the opportunity to, to uh, be here with you and your audience. Yeah. So uh, are you ready to get started? Let's get this party started and don't forget to be awesome. Perfect. Okay, so I'm just going to ask you a series of questions about PR marketing, business, and just kind of what goes on behind the scenes there at Axia. And yeah. All right, let's do it. The the first question, just to kind of kick it off, is just what is PR in general? Well, I'll tell you, Aiden, public relations is probably the most misunderstood business or profession um, in business. And it's ironic because PR's job is to really help communicate um, what a company does and what an industry does. And I think sometimes PR people need to hire uh, PR people to help them with their own image. But to be honest, in my mind, public relations is about problem solving and communicating it and building relationships with critical audience. So there's an association called the Public Relations Society of America, and they define PR as building mutually beneficial relationships with an organization and the public. Uh, but for me, I think most people will recognize PR uh, in a format of helping tell a company's story through news, social media, and web content. And so that's what we specialize here at Axia, is creating PR strategies Uh, PR programs and basically measuring PR to help companies see the value of building a strong brand and a great reputation. Aiden, if you own a company, and I know you do, you're quite the entrepreneur, uh, but if no one's ever heard of your company, how could they ever do business with you? They don't even know you exist, so how can they possibly buy from you? And so what PR tries to do is help companies that might be obscure or unknown become known, become liked, trusted, and so that people might consider buying from them. And so If you think of like a funnel, right, Um, funnel looks like this. And at the top, your company's trying to build awareness. Then we're trying to figure out, okay, do I trust this company? Uh, Do I want to buy from this company? And then from there, they ultimately become a customer. So they're working their way down that funnel, if that makes sense. Yeah. uh, On top of the don't forget to be awesome, there's, I think it's a pyramid from what I see. Yeah, the pyramid from an award we won uh, years ago for the best PR campaign in the state of Florida. Okay, so question two, what is uh, one thing that you think is different, like just in general about uh, my podcast and relation to yours? Um, and one thing that I just wanted to say, inspiration for my podcast was very, uh, like it came from On Top of PR. Like I listen to a lot of those episodes like very often. And it just kind of helps me to, uh, you know, just be successful in branding and marketing and different fields of that. So just what's one thing that you think is different or one thing that you think that we should change or anything like that? 
Well, first of all, uh, thank you for your loyalty and, and listenership and being a part of our audience at On Top of PR. We're trying to grow it and appreciate everybody. And if, if your audience is interested, we're at ontopofpr.com or on top of PR on your favorite uh platform for consuming audio and video casts. So, uh, and I would say, you know, the easy answer to that, I would say, is that your audience tends to be probably more of uh, consumers and friends, and we're dealing more with businesses and business people. Um, but I've seen your podcast. I'm one of your loyal fans, too. And uh, I would say that you're doing a great job. I'm really proud of you for how quickly you got into it, how quickly you have um, uh, pumped out episodes. You're going to catch up with us. I think we've done, you know, 50, 60, 70 episodes so far. We're doing one a week or, and now we've gotten in the habit of doing like one every other week and you're doing one like every three days, I think. So good for you. I like how yeah. your podcasts are clear and concise. Um, you know, you're, they're short episodes and ours tend to be more 20, 30 minutes in length kind of thing, but we're talking to business people about business topics. And I think you're talking to the youth of America about, you know, um, uh, topics that are of interest to them. So, you know, I really like what you're doing. You keep it fresh, you're mixing it up and you're always, as you've always been since I first met you, you're uh, very creative. Thank you. Um, so as you said, I do, uh, post episodes every, uh, three days. Um, and we have a lot of episodes lined up by the way. Um, so, uh, yeah. Very nice. Okay. So as I said, uh, inspiration for my podcast was kind of driven and inspired by Axia. So I wanted to ask you kind of the same question. What was the inspiration for uh, On Top of PR and Axia in general? Yeah. So you may not know this, but we started podcasting in 2006 and we called it Axia Impact Podcast. Um, and then at some point during the Great Recession, we just ran out of resources to be able to produce it as faithfully. So we kind of had a leave of absence from podcasting. And then uh, a year or two ago, we really wanted to get back into it. And uh, but we wanted to make sure we did it right. So we spent time finalizing the name and the concept and the graphics and all of that. And we knew we wanted to make sure we had the resources in place so we could be consistent with it. There's this thing in podcasting called pod fade. And Aiden, you're well past that. But a lot of podcasts start and they don't get past 10 episodes. And when that happens, uh, they often you know, fade away. And so when people go to find a podcast, they subconsciously or consciously look to say, does this, does this uh, podcast already have 10 episodes or not? And if it doesn't, they somehow subconsciously know to move on because it's probably not as active or as established podcast. Um, but to answer your question, we started podcasting in 2006 because we wanted to be on top of PR, pardon the pun. Uh, <laughs> but at the time, our podcast was called Axia Impact Podcast. And really what we were doing was taking our monthly newsletter called the 60 Second Impact, which we still produce today. And we were turning that into a podcast each month and kind of sharing what are the latest, greatest trends in PR and marketing with our audience. And um you know, ultimately, uh, I've got a friend named Steven Wasner, and he's in the podcast business also. And so I read his book, Profitable Podcasting, and it really inspired me to get back into it and, and something I really want to do just to kind of share our unique point of view. We have contrarian opinions and and um, uh, and provocative thoughts on PR compared to a lot of other PR firms. And we felt like we owed it to the profession to advance the profession and get back to the profession to share some of our thoughts uh 
with uh, whoever wants to tune in and listen. Ironically and unexpectedly, a lot of our audiences are competitors. And I think that's interesting that they're kind of tracking, you know, who we are, what we do and what we're talking about. But at the same time, we've made great relationships and contacts uh, with the industry in general because, you know, we're out there trying to do the right thing and trying to, you know, make the PR industry uh, an even better place to live, work and, and, and have a rewarding career and have fun doing it. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I knew about the, uh, Axia impact, but that does sound pretty interesting by the way. Uh, just for the listeners out there, uh, uh, his podcast will be in the link and wherever you see your description, I don't want to say below cause it could be on top, on top of PR. So it'll be in the episode notes. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, this is a more fun question and it's about featuring people on your uh-huh. podcast. Yeah. And if you could invite anyone, like, and you know that they will accept no matter what to feature on your podcast, who mm-hmm. would you feature? Wow. Uh, that's a great question. So lots of ideas come to mind. Um, uh, let's see. Um, you know, there's probably some, I mean, I don't know how expansive I can think here, uh, because, you know, there's some people who are, you know, no longer with us that I'd love to spend time with, uh, through a podcast and interviewing them, uh, you know, friends, family members, uh, you know, historical figures and things like that. Then there's people in business, I guess, that, you know, inspire me, um, if that makes sense. And so, you know, Tim Ferriss is probably, a guy I would love to have on uh, the podcast because um, I think it would be cool to have him on there. Uh, Adam Sandler is one of my favorite, uh, you know, uh, guys in entertainment, if you will. Um, and, uh, you know, honestly, I think it's kind of cool. I'm doing this with you today. So I'll have you be my third, Aiden. I forgot I was muted. Um <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm glad uh, to be here, man. This is very cool that we're doing this. I think it's so cool that you're podcasting, and I'm I'm thrilled and honored to be part of your show. Yeah. Um, I think if I had to answer that question, it would probably be – oh, that's a tough one. It is tough, and you asked it. So come on. Let's hear it. Uh, probably the founder of Krispy Kreme. Okay, yeah, baby. Founder of Uno. Okay. And we both hate Dunkin' Donuts, so probably the founder of Dunkin' Donuts, and I'd probably be dissing it the whole time. (laughs) You'd ghost them and say, hey, we're going to go live at 9 o'clock, and we'll see you there, and then you just never show up? Yeah, that'd be fun. (laughs) I need to see what... uh, Well, I'll tell you, Uno and Krispy Kreme sound like two of my favorite things and two things I know we enjoy to do, we enjoy doing together. Although I, I'm glad that we've never done both at the same time because then all the Uno cards would be nice and crispy or nice and uh, glazy, if you will. And, and that wouldn't be oh, good. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably be chowing down on those. The papers One time I, I had a candle that I left near a window and it melted on top of a deck of cards and i remember we tried to play with those cards and they were very waxy so i'm thinking about what those krispy kreme might be like with with uh, the uno cards yeah whenever i uh first asked that question i was thinking 
I wonder if he'll say anything about maybe a Gators player. A player. Yeah. Player. yeah. Well, you know, I've I've met all the Gators that I'm a really big fan of, and so, yeah, um, I don't know if you know this, but there was a there there's a podcast. I think they've merged with another podcast, but we used to host them inside our office, uh, and it was about the SEC sports. Um, wow. Used to, uh, so they would broadcast live from the Axia Studios, uh, literally from our office, um, and that was. I don't know, three or four years ago when it first got started. So we kind of incubated them inside our office. And then when we moved, there just wasn't room for them to stick around. So we had to encourage them to find somewhere else. Yeah, that's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't know that there was Axia Studios. <laughs> yeah, you know, if I guess if, uh, you know, if I had to pick one more person, I'd probably pick, uh, you know, uh, Tony Hawk comes to mind, you know, the, the, the greatest skateboarder in the world, somebody I have never met, but somebody who was very influential on uh, skateboarding. And when I grew up, I was big time into skateboarding also. So, you know, Tony Hawk's kind of that go to um, role model or example of, uh, you know, he's the Michael Jordan, if you will, of um of skateboarding and even Michael Jackson, you know, or Michael Jordan, you know, what'd be very cool. I think is to have the absolute best in every sport go on to a podcast and it would be exclusively limited to, you know, superior athletes like, uh, you know, Tony Hawk and Michael Jordan, um, Wayne Gretzky, you know, just the absolute first class, very, very best, um, you know, of all Tom Brady, for example. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe um, Nolan Ryan out of baseball or something like that. Uh, yeah. So, uh, send it came to mind. Oh, that's the guy that does send it. You know, yeah. Dan, Daniel, Daniel Tosh from Tosh Point might be fun to have on the show. I think he's got, uh, he's really good at delivery. I don't know how much of his stuff he writes, but uh, yeah, you know, I was I thinking like... about the BMX, the Jackson. Yeah, no, I know what you're thinking about. That's where I first heard about it was on Tosh Point oh. So, oh. you know, Tosh as a comedian is kind of a little bit more vulgar than I like, but his show, uh, you know, 80% of it I think is really funny, and another 20% I've kind of fast forward or turn my eyes because I don't like the the gore that he shows sometimes of people breaking bones and limbs and doing really silly stuff yeah so question uh guess i think it's question six uh so when it comes to market growth how does having a large company uh differ in a positive or negative way from just being a sole individual and the reason that i asked this is because Axia is a large company and I'm like an individual. So yeah. how does that differ and is it positive or negative and in what ways? So uh, the word I use to describe what you're saying is a solopreneur, right? So uh, there's a, a wantopreneur is somebody who says, gosh, one day I'm going to start a business, but they haven't and maybe won't. And then a solopreneur is somebody who has started a business, but they're just a one person company. And you know what? Most companies, I believe, are one person companies or what's called a micro business, which is a really small company. Um, and, you know, Axia, you know, is certainly not a large company. You know, we're definitely far away from being what's, you know, a billion dollar brand. Um, but, um, you know, I started out as a solopreneur starting a PR agency in 2002. 
with a laptop computer and two phone lines and a home office. So you can start from anywhere. Um, and, uh, you know, some of the best businesses are started from one person that's an entrepreneur who has a vision. So, you know, the nice thing about a solopreneur type business is number one, everybody gets to work with the owner and the owner is the founder and the founder has what I call principal passion. So they have something they're passionate about that they do better than anybody else. And they want to establish that as a company um, and, and start from there. The nice thing about being a solopreneur is you're in full control. You can do whatever you want, um, you know, and uh, you can one day you can be in the uh, fence post digging business and the next day you can be in the car detailing business and you can shift things up pretty quickly. You're, you're kind of the captain of your own ship. Uh, the hard part about it being a solopreneur, as I found, is you spend about 40% of your time you know, doing corporate compliance work like taxes and bookkeeping and uh, business license. And, uh, you know, just today I found myself getting involved in a, in a thing we were working on and I had to get on the phone with FedEx to authorize some changes to our account as the business owner. I'm thinking to myself, you know, I've got so much other stuff to do. I don't have time to help FedEx figure out our accounts and, you know, that kind of thing. And so, um, you know, it reminded me of back in the early days of our business where I was hands-on everything. And uh, I think I prefer to be kind of in that visionary seat where I can kind of have a vision of what I want to do. And I have an army of people who are very loyal and committed to getting it done. So I wouldn't be where I am today without great people. And I think that's one of the business lessons hopefully we'll talk about later is the, that people are your most important asset. Uh, they are your brand. They represent you publicly. So you want to make sure you spend time not only recruiting the best people, but developing the best people and, and training them. And, and it's all about core values. And I spent way too many years not having ironclad, well-defined uh, core values that we live and breathe as a company. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, being a solopreneur, which is what I am, I guess, kind of, um, is it has its uh, benefits, but it also has its like negative sides to it. Like, for example, um, filming a podcast episode, like it's good being a solopreneur because I mean, I get to edit it myself mm -hmm. and such, but there uh, is also a difference. Um, um, because I stop and start and stop and start most podcast episodes and then I edit for like yeah. 15 minutes or 20 minutes. It just depends. I don't know. Well, just... My podcast producer loves me because uh, she says I'm one take Jason. So I try to do everything in one take because I know how much work it takes to edit. Right. And I don't want to edit it and I don't want to have her spend too much time editing it. So I try to do everything in one take. So correct me if I'm wrong. Am I is this the first guest you've had on your podcast? Uh, I think so. Yes. Other than Dixie, my dog. Of <laughs> so you're not only are you a solopreneur, but you're also typically a solo caster, uh, which is the word for a podcast when it's just one person uh, and no guests. So anyway, uh, yeah. And, you know, that's the one thing that is pretty different about on top of PR is uh, four out of five episodes. We've got one guest, sometimes rarely two guests. Um and, uh, you know, and that's a great way to attract more people to our audience. So some of my followers will probably tune into your episode when they hear that I was on your show and, uh, and that'll bring more attention to you. And some of your audience will check out, um, you know, my podcast as well. And so this is a great collaboration or as you young folks call it collab. Yeah. <laughs> um, so 
my papers all the way over there. Um, so you've been in the PR marketing field for a while now. And as you said, 2006 or around then or before, um, you're definitely an expert when it comes to it. So just wrapping it up, uh, what's some advice about podcasting um, that you would have for me in general? Sure. So, yeah, I've been in the uh, PR business for 25 years. I owned Axia for about 20 of those years. So I've been doing this a long time. You're making me feel old when I think about it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, that's, uh, you know, that when companies want an expert, they want somebody with a little gray hair or no hair who've been doing it a while and can really lean in on that experience and bring authority and expertise. They say you need to do something for 10, I believe it's, correct if I'm wrong, but I think it's 10,000 10, hours you can become an expert. Uh, so it takes 10,000 10, hours to really become an expert. Now, I've heard some people recently say, well, that's the old way of thinking, and now you can do it even faster. And I'm sure there's hacks and ways to do it faster. But at the end of the day, um, you know, uh, I, I think sometimes, like I'm a big, as you know, I'm huge into efficiencies and hacks. But I think if you're just taking shortcuts, um, then you're really going to shortcut, you, you know, your true expertise and your ability to be helpful and guiding people. So anyway, um, some advice about podcasting and marketing I have. Number one is hands down um, is reputation and integrity. Always do what you say you're going to do. Don't lie. Don't mislead people. Don't exaggerate, you know, um, and, and just be there. Show up and do what you say you're going to do. The one thing I can't stand is when someone lies to me or someone uh, doesn't tell me the truth to help, you know, their advantage or they're just telling me what I want to hear. And that to me is in many ways a deal breaker. Uh, the second thing um, that that really comes to mind is just, again, kind of the importance of relationships and relationship building. But probably the third thing and, and, and a big thing is to actually think bigger. So, so many small businesses, they just think so small. And I'm always find myself kind of pushing them to think bigger, think bigger, think bigger. And then I look in the mirror and really think, okay, how could I be thinking bigger as well? So, you know, uh, I'll give an example. Like I hear people talk about, well, we won't, you know, well, in our market, we do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, okay, why are you limited to just one market? You know, why aren't, why aren't you doing, you know, bigger and better work? So I remember we were about, my company was about three years in business. And I remember one of our competitors was complaining to her employees saying, you know, how come Jason and his company are able to get these great clients? They've only been in business for three years. You know, that's too soon. They need to pay their dues. They need to wait. And the truth is these companies were just seeking us out because we were disrupting the market. We were doing great work. And that's how we started attracting national clients and, and national brands to come to Axia. And from that, we just kept doing great work and hiring people wherever they might be. We were looking for the best people we could work with, work, work with us. We were looking for the best clients that we could do our best work with. And at the end of the day, you know, we outgrew being in just one market. Um, we outgrew just being, you know, focused in, you know, one niche per se. And so I've got a friend who owns a video production company and one of his bucket list items, bucket list items was to do a Super Bowl commercial. But the truth is he just produced a Super Bowl commercial in one for one TV station in one city, as opposed to a true national, uh, you know, uh, 
um, TV commercial for the Super Bowl. Well, we're a PR agency. We don't specialize in paid media, advertising, and, and, and that kind of thing, and video production. His company does. But you know what? In 2006, I think we produced, maybe it was 2007, we produced a Super Bowl commercial for in a local market, and it was like no big deal. We didn't brag about it. And the reason we didn't brag about it is because we didn't think it was brag worthy. You know, it's just something we did and got it done. Again, it was for one in one city, one U.S. market. It wasn't nationwide. If it were nationwide, we'd be pretty excited about it, making a big deal about it. And I just thought to myself, if he's an expert in TV production and producing TV commercials, why isn't he already doing national Super Bowl commercials? Because that's where the best of the best are. And I know there's limited companies who have that opportunity, but that's where I would set my sights and I would push myself uh, to try to get there. So I just think people think too small and, um, and that's okay if you want to do that. Uh, but then I think if they look back on their career and wonder why they didn't have a shot, I think it's because they're not thinking big enough um, kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Um, so when my youtube channel started just that's that was the start of my like video production i guess career yeah i guess you could say per se um what i was really aiming for was just basically like you know just family and friends watching it yeah. but it's taken I, off hasn't it what do you say your podcast has taken off hasn't it it has. Um, so my YouTube channel has just stayed friends and family and maybe once in a while, if you look at the analytics, there might be someone mm -hmm. just in a random place. But podcasting, it's reaching a broader audience. Um, mm -hmm. And I have built relationships with different people in podcasting, and I don't like completely like focus on YouTube. Now I focus on many different things, mm -hmm. but I specialize in podcasting. Um, so if you look at the podcast analytics, I've been working really hard and it's paid off. We have people from Ireland, Germany, and the Netherlands and somewhere else. So it's uh, just building relationships that helps uh, you to reach a broader audience. You know, well, you know, uh, our, you're right. The analytics are fun to look at, and I'm glad you're paying attention to those. There are weeks that we're a top marketing podcast in Japan and in China. Um, and just this week, I think we were like in the top 50 uh, podcast in Canada. Uh, so, you know, good things are happening. And what's interesting is, you know, we've got 50 something episodes out there and people are watching random episodes um, throughout the week. And so no episode goes really unseen or unheard uh, for too long of a period of time. And so, you know, we'll get little flashes that say, you've had this many people listen to your podcast this week. And it, uh, the, 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 the shallow thinking is, oh gosh, so there must be that last episode they watched. But when you go into it and look, they're consuming all of them. Uh, and it's pretty cool to see. I'm really uh, glad you're looking at the analytics. And, you know, when I was your age, I had no idea what analytics meant, but that's because you're so much more brighter and connected to technology uh, than I ever was. Uh, yeah, one of the main things, my podcast creator is Anchor. And as soon as I log in, the first thing I see, if I scroll down, are the analytics. It tells me yeah. uh, what apps they're using to listen, the devices, um, like iPhone, web, Androids, Alexa, different. Oh, 
Alexa went off. <laughs> um, and it just tells me we've hit a really big, uh, like going up. I think I sent it to you, but uh, we started going up, down, up, down, and then like right now we got like fifty-two listens in like an hour or something like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just think that's crazy. It was the that other day awesome. that that happened. It, well, like, I'm usually walking Oscar on the beach or doing my morning three-mile walk when I'm tuning in to uh, Aiden's Awesome Adventures. Yeah. That, that's just fun to say, Aiden's Awesome Adventures. It's a great name. Aiden's Awesome Adventures. I know. I was, like, when we first started, I was, like, really debating whether to um, change it to, like, uh-huh. something like on top of PR. It's, like, a very simple name, but mine has so many, like, syllables and Aiden's Awesome Adventures. Like, we can call it Triple A for short. Triple A, yes. You know, when you become a pro wrestler, that could be your name. You could be Triple A, and you could wrestle Triple H in a uh, in a generational match because Triple H is kind of semi-retired, or I guess he's retired. You could be the next up-and-coming uh, WWE superstar, Aiden. And I'm the strongest because I'm a battery Triple A. That's right. And it's all those push-ups we've been doing, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you didn't think I'd bring up push-ups in this, did you? No. <laughs> okay, so... We should have a challenge to to do more push-ups each week than we go to trivia shows. Each week, that's one push-up. That's one for you. I go to a lot of trivia shows. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, we so, should also do a collaboration sometime, uh, not to get too off topic here, but you know, your friend and family. So, uh, you know, we should do a collaboration. You play the piano and I'll play my saxophone. Cause I'm learning some new songs. Oh, yes. Uh, what song will we play? I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. I have mm-hmm. a very limited, uh, number of songs that I know so far. I do too. Um, so this is, a question that everyone is dying to know and mostly as you said my listeners are kind of like friends that are around my age mm-hmm. oh by the way surprisingly uh anchor told me that like half of my uh listens are ages 45 to 59 oh, so okay. the of that must be you uh i could be one of those yes Actually, I don't think so. You're 20. <laughs> I started this business when I was 26. So, uh, yeah, I've been doing this a while. So this is the question everyone is dying to know, like dying. I don't want anybody to die. Yeah, I, I don't either. But so, so I'll answer the question before they die. Yes. So how much of the education um that we use in school do we actually use in real life oh well um i can send you a graphic that i saw recently at a public school where it had a chart and it said you know here are the things that 
the subjects and the things you learn in school that you think you'll never use in real life. And it was like a diagram that would show you like a, where the lines would intersect, showing you what you what you would actually use it for. And I've had this conversation with, with my kids because, you know, they're learning something like algebra and they're like, when am I ever going to need this? But the truth is you use that stuff a whole lot. And where it really became, uh, I came mindful of this was when I started owning my own business. And suddenly I had to do math to figure out profit margins and what it costs to employ people and what it costs to charge clients for service so you're still making money at the end of the day. And so there's a lot of formulas, uh, mathematical formulas, financial formulas that you need to use to run a successful company. And so not only do you need to memorize those formulas, but then you need to be able to apply them. And so, for example, in our line of work, you know, we're pursuing a certain profit percentage. Well, that means for every dollar, we need to think about how much of that dollar is going to make it over into the profit column. And so there's all these math formulas and things that we're doing. If you're going to become an engineer and build bridges, you have to understand geometry and if you're going to be in, uh, you know, making certain products, you need to understand chemistry. So, you know, they say there's a saying, a cliche, I'm going to get it wrong, but something like education is wasted on the young. And uh, I really believe that because when you're young, you don't want to learn. You don't think you need this stuff. Then when you get older, you're like, oh, my gosh, I really need to learn this because uh, it'll be beneficial, especially working in PR. I've literally had days where I've gone from being in the, the penthouse tower of an office uh, you know, skyscraper uh, to, you know, later that day, I'm literally at a sand mine walking around in, in boots. Um, and I've been in the woods looking at uh, uh, a site that a client's thinking about developing. Um, and uh, so, you know, my, my uh, geo geology class and chemistry class, suddenly I wish I would have paid a lot more attention. So, uh, that's really, you know, quick examples that I can think of. But if you're interested for the episode notes, I can find that graphic and I took a picture of it. I'll send it to you. You put it in the episode notes or at least a link to it, put on your website or something, Aiden. And you'll see there's legitimate reasons why you learn everything. And even though it seems frustrating to have to learn it, one day you'll look back and go, man, I wish I would have known that. Even if it's just simply to win a trivia uh, question and get it right. I know trivia questions are very random. Uh, the graphic that he's talking about will appear somewhere here if you're watching the YouTube video somewhere. Love it. Okay. I'll, yeah, we'll I'll get do it done. my editing magic and do something random. Okay. Um. So wrapping. Just put a link this, to it in the show notes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So this is the final question, and uh, as we begin to wrap up, uh, how has this industry impacted? your life in general? Well, I'll tell you, probably the, the thing I would want to talk about the most is um, being in public relations has given me an opportunity to uh, meet a lot of great people um, and maybe meet uh, some not so great people, but I've just been able to make really good relationships with people I really respect and admire and enjoy spending time with all across the world. And um, and so that's something exciting. The PR profession is never boring. Every day is different. And uh, I think that's one thing I love about it. I'm always learning from our clients and I'm always mm -hmm. studying and a student of business and leadership and culture. And I love being able to step inside a whole bunch of different companies, offices, meeting a whole bunch 
bunch of different leaders, some great CEOs, learning from them, learning what they're reading and borrowing their ideas and implementing them at my own company. And so I would say that's just off the cuff. You know, the answer that I would give you is just the ability to make some great relationships. At Axia, we have uh, six core values, ideas, uh, excuse me, integrity, ideas, relationships, results, and improve. And um, so if you think about that, that's really focused on what I talked about earlier, integrity, doing what you say you do, uh, ideas, being creative and coming up with unique things for our clients, um, relationships, you know, building those relationships that I just talked about, um, and then ultimately uh, results, um, you know, driving results for our clients. And then lastly, just, you know, because clients hire us, you know, to do great things for them and they expect to see a return on investment for the money they spend on PR. And then lastly, improve. Uh, we want everyone at Axia to get 1% better every day so that our clients are getting more and more value out of what we do. And by the way, Axia in Greek means value or trusted. And so that's why we chose that word, that name for our company. Uh, yeah, uh, the name Axia is German, I think. It's Greek. It's Greek. Uh, Axia, or I'm sorry, Oxia or Axios. And uh, okay. it means... It means uh, trusted or valued. Um, and so we like to think of ourselves as trusted advisors who are providing value to our clients every day. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, uh, I think that this episode uh, was pretty, uh, it was just nice to talk in general. And it was good to feature you on this on the show uh Links to uh, his podcast will be in the description. Um, and just go check it out. And you could uh, learn a lot about business and public relations and just different foundations and different uh, things in general. So, um, some things that I have learned from this episode. Uh, building relationships with clients is just, it's good to have. Uh, I used to have an odd jobs company and uh, we were very small, I'd say that. Um, small and mighty. Yes, very uh, mighty, I guess. We did a lot and uh, I think in a month I made 60, $63. Uh, Your show, you do it. You be you. Uh, so I think I meant sixty-seven dollars. Uh, as well. Sorry, I was getting a call. Of course. Um. So all those lady friends are giving you a call, or all those uh, clients trying to hire your services. Uh yeah. Uh so. Yeah, I guess that wraps up, uh, oh, wait, $63 in about a month, and it was from booking on my website. Nice. They searched up the area of where it was, just the Good name of it, you. and it was the third or fourth thing that popped up. I think for context, $63 for a young man, how old were you, 10, 11 at the time? Yeah, around then. That's, I mean, that's good money. 
Yeah, it is. Especially to have it have people booking you from online, like you said, and I'm really proud of you. And you're demonstrating, uh, I think, what's going to be a bright future and success in life and in business. Especially if you maintain good character and you just keep working hard and you stay ambitious and you keep thinking bigger. No doubt. Thank you. Uh, maybe uh, whenever Axia um, has an open position and I'm old enough, maybe I'll join. Or maybe you'll buy us out as part of your conglomerate of the next big thing that you're doing. Yeah. The next big thing I'm doing it's a surprise. All right. There we go. It's a, <laughs> it's a secret so far. Uh, okay. yeah. awesome. That's what I'm going to go with. Okay. Um, and yeah. So if you uh, enjoyed this podcast episode and want to see more like it, and if you want to see more from on top of PR, and Axia Public Relations, uh, go check it out. All links are in the description. Um, and yeah, uh, don't forget to give this uh, podcast a follow, give his a follow, and give this episode a like. And if you want to see more like it, uh, just continue to keep supporting us here at Aiden's Awesome Adventures. Uh, we really appreciate it, and globally, and and marketing, and and different foundations. So, yeah. Do you have any? Uh, I don't want to say last words because that sounds odd. <laughs> and it was great to be here. I just love sharing this opportunity with you, and I uh, really love you and appreciate your support. And uh, glad that we could do this today. And uh, look forward to seeing you this weekend. All right. I think we need to go have an Uno game this weekend. Winner buys Krispy Kreme. Yes, very true. <laughs> In the next episode, we will tell you who won the Uno game. Uh-oh. The so suspense this is killing them. Best out of three, by the way. Okay. I'll probably lose. <laughs> Are we going to do stack? Oh, that's a question. Remember, we always play stack. Always, always. Yeah. Maybe always. we can make a YouTube video out of that. I don't know. Yeah, maybe we'll play dose and put those math skills to work. I'm still a big fan of dose. Yes. Now that is some education we will use in real life. There you go. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. I was glad to be here. Honored to be part of your uh, your Aiden's awesome adventures, and hopefully we'll have some awesome adventures this weekend and uh, in the coming weeks, buddy. All right. See you next time. Bye. Bye.